0: This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Cox. Following the Democratic Party reorganization here in the state, we have new leadership and we're going to be introducing you to some key folks over the next few weeks, starting with the new chair of the King County Democrats, Kerry Barnes. Kerry, hello. How are you?
1: Hello. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here.
0: I'm so excited that you're here. And first and foremost, just congratulations. This is a really cool, uh, really cool thing.
1: Thank you. It's really exciting, and I appreciate it.
0: Well, so let's start here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and what made you want to run to be the head of the Casey Dems.
1: Well, thank you. So, I'm the former chair of the 37th legislative district, and I was the previous communications chair for King County Democrats. And I will be honest; I love the work. Absolutely, meeting folks and really seeing the potential of what the county can be. When the leadership opportunity opened, I really saw the potential of how we can become a true field organizing network that works like a grassroots campaign, but with much stronger support. It was really exciting to look at the potential of how we can build relationships, and that's relationships between the party and other organizations doing similar work, relationships between Democrats themselves, and also our legislative districts in the county. The county is all county, all work, and we work in partnership with our legislative districts. And, you know, all of this means voters, relationships with voters, which is as good as certain aspects are in King County for our democratic voters. There's always work we can do around turnout, around registering new folks. And to me, that feels really, um, it's exciting. I'm really happy to be uh, elected leader and I'm excited to see all this potential um, frame out in the next couple of years. Yeah,
0: well, you know, you're touching on the edges of kind of your philosophy uh, regarding the position. This is something that you and I talked about before uh, yeah. we began our, our discussion here. And your three core components are education, advocacy, and activation. So I want to start with the first one, education. What does that look like, uh, brass
1: tags? So that looks like educating voters about democratic values, telling our story, really making sure that we are connecting with people that meets the moment where they're at and really sharing our story, our values, talking about important initiatives that that don't get attention, educating those on how to run for office and what does it take? What are the functional steps and introductions into the community as folks are looking to run for office? And a lot of education around what precinct committee officers are what they do and the importance of p- precinct committee officers are also called pcos into protecting our democracy i didn't know what a pco was um, you're not alone when, you know, a lot of people expressed yeah. and yeah. it was it was amazing and you know i i figured out what my precinct was i figured out i could run and be a precinct committee officer and now my neighbors when they pass my husband and he's like oh well i live at the corner and they go oh, you're Carrie's husband. And he just gets a <laughs> chuckle because I am, I'm introducing myself to my neighbors. And, um but the education piece to both be supportive and to let the public know um it is a real, a piece where the county can and will succeed.
0: I love that. Yeah, you're talking about educating voters, potential candidates, the PCOs, as you say, we all, all of those of us who have served as PCO had to learn about that. Uh, So how do you see your role then in the next core component, advocacy?
1: Advocacy is knowing what is important to voters in King County. An example is I-135, ranked choice voting. Partnering with these organizations after they earn our endorsement to send people that can help canvas and really promote the, the initiative and be supportive. Advocacy also means supporting those running for office, especially young leadership, diverse leadership. I believe governance is represent, is representation of people and advocating to make sure that people see themselves in government. And by see themselves, I don't just mean that they see people that look like them being represented, but that they see a place for themselves as specific and unique individuals that they can have a seat at the table. And I believe seeing yourself represented also needs to mean seeing yourself is able to participate in the process.
0: Yeah, as they say, democracy is—it's uh, not a spectator sport, uh, and right. you know, I think the uh, the Democratic Party here in the state is exemplary uh, in that regard, and certainly the the, the Casey Dems has has been a big part of that as well. And then, of course, you're focusing on being active, and again, you've touched on this a little bit. Um, you know that that's really what we're about here with Indivisible, and especially right. with this show here. So, talk about your vision for maintaining an active base.
1: So, to activate. Means putting organi- organizing to use. We have so many people who want to volunteer for causes and passions that they really care deeply about, and it's our job to provide them an organization, a place that is safe and aligned with our values, and their comfort level and skill set. And that is uh, partnering for door knocking, postcard writing, calling, texting, all of the functions, both in person and remote, digital, but the people see themselves and feel as we activate, we say, here's a value and a cause. And there are tools and places and organizations like yours that, that we will align with to, to make sure that the people who want to volunteer and have that passion, we're calling, we're calling people to force.
0: I love that. Driven by values and a cause. Uh, we we certainly share that in common, I think, with Indivisible. So, you know, I want to shift gears and talk about what's happening this year in 2023. This is what they call an odd year election. So there are races for things like city council, county council, even school board. What are some of the top tier races that you're going to be focusing on?
1: It's such a great question. So in the odd year, uh, like the one we're in, 311 seats are open. They're open for election this year. And I know it might sound really cliche, but every single one are really important to the King County Democrats from commissioner positions, like you said, local city council, there are water board, there's fire and safety, and you've got your city council and your county council races. And incumbents are announcing every day. whether or not they're running, some candidates are announcing. So I don't have a good grasp yet of where our top priorities are. School boards are a big focus, and I can say that that is one of our our big races that we'll be focusing on.
0: We are going to circle back with you on that for sure. And in fact, uh, we're going to be producing some special programming just about the very, very uh, heavy importance of the school board races here in this state. Absolutely. As you mentioned, there are 311 offices up for election this year. And you were, and I know you were the comms uh, chair for the KC Demps previous to this. You were also the liaison for the Contest Every Race program. This is something we talked with Tina Podlodowski, a former chair of the Washington Democrats, about a lot. That is, you know, having a person run in every contestable election. I wonder if you can just talk for folks a little bit about the program and then talk about some of your successes with it.
1: Absolutely. So it was an amazing program. And like Tina Podlodowski from the state party, they, all this back up, the Contest Every Race is a nationwide campaign that uses data gathered from voters to determine the voter's identity. And they target strong Democrats, those that have voted in primary, local, uh, the big presidential elections and consistently a strong Democrat. And then they use the information to identify a potential candidates. And they ask the question, have you thought about running for office? Can you see yourself running for office? And it's a, it's a text conversation with a contest every race. And they identify folks that are like, are you real? And they're like, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> uh, there's validity there. And then they build a, a relationship where then they, the, uh, state we've got a pool of candidates and then we put on workshops for them. And what that means is you've identified folks that are strong Democrats. They're thinking about running for office. They see themselves, um, possibly, but they need some help. So the county then is the recipient of these candidates. And in 2021, I had worked through this network. We had uh, reached out or been contacted and worked with 120 new candidates and helped walk them through the process of what it takes to run for office. And There were workshops, we taught them how to file. We introduced them to the legislative districts and we also introduced them to local electeds who were just part of the conversation and the process. And one of the real successes that we had is that folks who were not ready to run in 2021 have got involved in their legislative district. They're looking in 2023 to run. It was this building of the party. It was building on values. It was building on how they saw themselves in governance, both representation, and we had some really good knockout successes. We had a hospital commissioner in Renton. We had a water and fire safety in Sammamish. We also were able to identify folks that we now can say are potential candidates moving forward. It was a, a really great program and I'm looking forward to mimicking that um, again this year. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: you now are, you planted the seeds, it sounds like, uh, with candidates over, you know, the last couple of years, 21, 22, and they're getting ready to run this year, right?
1: Right. Yep. They're getting ready to run. They're getting ready to file. And again, it's that that awesome process of, let me talk to my family. I think it is time. And these are earnest, really hopeful um, folks, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them again this year.
0: Well, it's it's tremendously exciting. You know, I, I love this is something that has been ground into us basically since day one of Indivisible that you know the most impactful thing you can do is run for office. I'll just ask you on that subject: Are there currently any seats that you need people to run
1: for? I will tell you, we need folks to run specifically for um, pools and park commissioner positions. I would love to see people run for water board commission. These are these are if you. And um, there's a um, on King County elections, they have um, all of the offices that are up for election to take a look at uh, the the role um, and also realize you can still work your job. You don't have to quit your job. You are paid. And to contact King County Democrats, we will put you in touch with the resources and your legislative district. You know, King County is the ninth most Democratic leaning country uh, county in the country. And. We have the fourth highest number of Democrats because there's around 1.1 million of us. I feel so strongly that we should not allow one race to go uncontested and to be handed to a Republican by default. That it it just shouldn't happen. And a lot of representation and change happens when folks see themselves in local city council seats, in school board, especially in some of our smaller cities, King County is made up of 39 cities. And for Democrats to run in every commissioner position, like I said, I I am a, a, a huge proponent of the growth and the experience.
0: I share your passion. I feel your your passion. I, I share your passion. And we will have information for folks in the show notes about how you can get in touch if you want to run for one of these open seats. Um, let's shift gears real quick and talk about this year's legislative session. Um, and one of the things we know that is a big priority for the governor and for the legislature is housing. This is a big deal across the state. It's a very big deal in King County, as we know. What are the King County Dems going to be pushing for here?
1: So if we're going to center our party around it, issue of affordable housing. This is, this is something that I don't think anyone would disagree is not, it's a really, not only important, but it's personal. It is, it is something that people feel every day. And there's a sense of what can we do? And at King County, we are centering our party around the issue of affordable housing being a right, that we are, still building out with our endorsement committee and our endorsement process to center around housing issues. Our messaging will focus a lot on housing. Our candidates we support will be pro housing. Several members of our leadership team have been working on housing issues for years, and whether at the city council level or as advocates, this is a huge issue and we're going to be pushing this as a priority.
0: Excellent. And I know that you're going to be lobbying during your annual lobby days uh, program. Tell us a little bit about that for folks.
1: I would love to. Mm-hmm. So our, our lobby day, we uh, due to an, an unfortunate um, one of our, our chairs that are legislative action committee. She's amazing. Um, we have moved it to February 22nd. So for folks, we put a lot of announcements out, but This is an amazing committee that is put together for Wednesday, February 22nd. And this is where you meet as a group. Uh, There are carpool offers um, to meet your legislatures. And you can do lobby appointments, take in some committee hearings, uh, tour the Capitol campus. And the Democrats, we will meet up at the Capitol cafeteria for lunch. Um, And we really have... um, If I could ask you to put in a link where you can look up your legislative district, you can make appointment with your legislature, and you can find their office um, phone numbers, both for the representatives and for Senate. And you get to be with like-minded people who share your values. And it's a really fun day. And that's February 22nd, um, 2023.
0: Isn't that, is it weird to anybody else that it's 2023? It doesn't seem like a science fiction <laughs> date. It's like we're in Buck Rogers territory. Yeah, I'll have notes for that, uh, Ed, for folks in the, in the show notes today. Um, That's you know, great. the King County Council and you alluded to this, uh, a little bit earlier. King County Council just advanced an April special election for a property right. tax levy, uh, to address the very serious mental health crisis, crisis that we have, uh, specifically in our region, King County. What are you going to be doing in support of that?
1: So we're gonna be doing, I think our three core issues. We're gonna be educating our executive board and our representatives, both in the party at the legislative district level by inviting King County Council Member Dow Constantine to educate us on exactly this levy. What does it mean? How does it work? Then we go back, we send our, our representatives back to all the legislative districts to then talk to their members. And through that will be an endorsement process. So endorsing this levy then we do our advocate. So at this, once we get through our endorsement committee and we will advocate for this levy and activate our PCOs to then walk their precincts, to talk to their neighbors. So we we will be educating both our executive board, all of our members within the King County Democrats. We will be endorsing, we will have a, a vote to endorse this levy and we will do this with the uh, King County Executive Dow Constantine, and then we will activate. We will get our volunteers and our PCOs to then um, do what it takes to see what we can do to push this levy across the finish line.
0: I think this is going to be a very interesting proving ground, right? For uh, for, for your particular core principles and that approach uh, in this election, and in, in preparation for yeah, in preparation for uh, the uh, election coming in fall, and then also for the twenty four election, which everybody <laughs> is looking at. You know, it's it's going to be the third time, by my math, that we've had the most important election of our lifetimes. Um, uh, but I, I would just ask you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, King County is on the map in so many ways. I think you said it's the ninth most Democratic uh, county in the nation, and it is the 13th largest county in the nation. How do you see Casey Dems role specifically in this very important election coming in 24?
1: 2024 is going to be wild. I We've got a presidential we have in our state top of the ticket. Potentially we we have our state races and King County like for Patty Murray is it really the county that um has a huge impact on our state elections on our presidential elections and our you know there's there's a saying that the county carries the state we will work so closely with the Washington State Democrats and I'm sure you're aware that we've got an amazing new uh, Washington State Democratic chair Shasti Conrad yes. who is the previous county chair so we have these really amazing relationships and laying the groundwork with our organizing, laying the groundwork with advocating. We will then in 2024 have an organizing team to really get out the vote, to educate voters, to register, to reach out and really do everything we can to close for Democrats in 2024.
0: Yeah, there's so much to focus on it's going to be a governor's race we're going to be focused on, on keeping a uh, congresswoman Schreier's, uh seat again lots and lots to do I know that I probably don't need to remind anybody of that any uh, any even year election is going to be important probably for the foreseeable future um I you you mentioned Shasti um and we're extremely excited to have new state party leadership um she is going to be leading the state Democratic party as you say there's just a lot of new energy right a lot of new people a lot of, uh, a of lot more members of BIPOC and LGBTQ plus communities. How are you looking at the possibilities of all of this?
1: You know, I think it's amazing. I think that the possibilities are with leadership that we've got people that can see themselves in the party, that we've got um, a lot of possibilities with, you know, Shasta Conrad is the youngest chair in the party's history. She's the first woman of color. And she is someone who is so dynamic and being able to see a younger generation leverage with the older generation. I mean, this is intergenerational, um, group work that is valued and it is really, um, it's really amazing. And I'm, I'm excited to work with her.
0: She's going to be on the show here uh, in a couple of weeks, gang. So stay tuned for that. Always exciting to talk to Shasti and very interested to see what she's going to have to say in her brand new role. Um, Carrie, this has been extraordinary. Before I let you go, I just want to give you the opportunity to talk about your origin story into politics. This involves our transportation secretary. And I just wonder if you could tell that story before we go.
1: Absolutely. So I, I tell everyone I'm a generational Democrat and I had... I always thought I was a good democrat until uh 2016 when I felt a little disoriented with the election. I was so in for Hillary Clinton and I I was someone who talked a lot about politics, I wrote checks, but you know, I I didn't do enough. And I I just felt I I didn't know where I was. And then um in 2018, I was diagnosed with stage 3 cancer and I everything stopped for me. Except I was watching a lot of MSNBC and doing a lot of reading. And I was at the point of really understanding the train wreck of what was elected in 2016 from our institutions. The administration was I was feeling um, a little despair to in my life at that time. But I also felt a little angered. And when Brett Kavanaugh got put on the Supreme Court, I said, that's it. I need to get involved. I need to do something. I'm not gonna be uh, sitting uh, in despair when my kids ask, what did I do for democracy when it was about to be lost? And in March, I heard Pete Buttigieg on Jake Tapper. He was, um, he just announced he was running for president. And I felt inspired. I felt a sense of, I get it. I I can volunteer for this presidential candidate and I will get out of my comfort zone. And I became a grassroots volunteer for the Pete Buttigieg campaign. I became one of his fundraisers. I met the most amazing group of people. And through that, I met Tom Schmidt, who was the PCO coordinator. So educated me on both my legislative district and my what a PCO was. And he got me involved in a way that I felt I was seen and had a sense of belonging. I became a second vice chair with the 37th legislative district, a first vice chair, and then as I said, became chair of the legislative district and then stepped into a leadership role with King County Democrats. And all the while carrying that that same passion of Pete Buttigieg got me out of bed and out of despair and got me on my path to healing. And I still keep in touch with all my Pete friends. So while this year, um my husband wrote my story that I'm sitting here at King County Democrats as chair because I felt inspired in 2019. And he wrote um, all of these great things. And this great story I didn't know about, I still don't know the story. And he he used some contacts and it got to the desk of Pete Buttigieg and it got to his staff and the staff immediately gave it to Pete. It it happened pretty fast. And um, he wrote me a letter Congratulating me both on my birthday. And he wrote that he was grateful that I had stepped into this leadership position. And he congratulated me. And then it, it signed in I I have I have it with me right here. It's I will frame it and it's amazing.
0: Well, you're amazing. And that story is amazing. And we're just very, very grateful to have you on board. And uh, I really look forward to many more conversations with you. Carrie Barnes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.
0: And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you would like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Cowell, and as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.